Hello and welcome to the Harvard EdCast, a series of conversations with thought leaders in the field of education from across the country and around the world. I'm your host, Matt Weber, and today we're talking ways to keep kids engaged during the summer. Yes, we've all heard of summer reading lists, but today we'll be exploring some new ways to have fun and learn through summer coding, creative computing during these warm summer months. Our guest is the uber-popular assistant professor at HGSE, Karen Brennan, who's going to help us out with some tips here. Karen, welcome to the EdCast. Hi, I'm really excited to be here. So, Karen, a couple couple things for us. Some studies have shown that kids who don't keep up with their literacy skills over the summer, they can fall up to two years behind their classmates. And I'm curious, do you think there's the same need to practice computational literacy skills over the summer? And is summer coding kind of the same as summer reading, where you could lose it? Well, one of the things I'm most excited about with computation is expressive power. So how do we think about computation as a medium for creative expression? And I think, you know, when you look at the literature around creativity, we know it's not something you're born with. It's something you can practice. So I think from that perspective, any opportunity to practice your ability to create, make, and play is, is a good thing, whether it's summer or during the school year. I think a big piece of, of any summer event, in my opinion, as a kid who you know went to school and then had, would have his summers, is during the summer you want to have fun and you want these things to be fun. So with summer reading, you know, is maybe you read a certain number of books and you got a pizza party from Pizza Hut. And I'm curious what you did, what, what you can do for computational literacy that's fun. Are there fun ways out there that can keep kids up with their computing and coding skills over the summer? What are fun projects that parents can lead for their children? Well, I think this is such an exciting time time for computation because there are so many tools out there that are really profoundly grounded in kids' interests and passions. So I think anytime you connect to what kids or adults, for that matter, are interested and excited about, that's where the fun, no matter how big the challenge is. Because I mean, even if you're doing it for fun, coding is still tricky and challenging. But that's how you get through the challenges, through that intrinsic motivation and passion for what you're doing. So I, I think people, you know, parents would want to know, what, what is it that you would recommend right now? Kids go out this summer and, uh, and they want to learn some things. I know Scratch Ed, all <laughs> these, uh, that's a clear, clear one. But anything that you see that you think a, a kid would find fun, it would also help with the computational literacy, coding, et cetera. Yeah, I am super biased. So I'm a big fan of Scratch, partly because it has this wide walls to its design that you can make games, stories, animations. But there are really a huge range of tools. Hopscotch is one that I'm really excited about. I'm also really excited not just about tools, but the ways in which those tools might have communities around them so you can connect with other learners. Also, I think it's really easy to think of computers as this and coding as something you do on your own. It's just you and the machine. But it's coding is a really social practice. So I think for parents thinking about, can you host gatherings where kids come together? Can you go to venues? Libraries are in this process of reimagining themselves. And they're offering interesting things like tech nights and coding opportunities. Going to places where there are groups of people engaging in play and making and creating is exciting. Not just sitting in the basement at the computer with the headphones on, which some people probably think coding is, which is very different than certainly some of the things I've seen with Scratch and what you're doing. Very social. That kind of leads me to the the next question of there's so many opportunities over the summer in terms of camps there's stem camps there's coding camps and a lot of them can be pricey and can feel pretty exclusive i'm i'm wondering do you worry about access and equity when it comes to computational instruction i mean you need access to a computer and you need instruction and you need this awareness uh, and you mentioned things happening in libraries which are public places but say a little bit more about that i'm really worried about the equity piece which is i think from my research perspective that's why i care so much about 
about coding and computation opportunities happening in schools. So I think that's a really important part of it. As coding and computational fluency, it's sort of getting greater cultural awareness. There are more opportunities that are not as expensive, but still it's inaccessible to a lot of people. So we need to work harder to make it accessible to more people. So, you know, that's kind of a broad charge to make it more accessible. And I think a lot of people probably don't know enough about coding opportunities or computational instruction and literacy in general. What are the best ways to sort of market this? I wouldn't call it, a, maybe it's a new field in the scope of fields, but how do you market this so that it's something that seems accessible to children and something that gets parents excited about wanting their child to learn it over the summer or any month? I think the best way to do that is through examples. So what I've been so excited about working with the Scratch Project is having kids show off their work. There's like, I can tell you as much as I want that I think coding tell is me, a good Tell me, tell me, we love it, we <laughs> love Scratch, you do such I a can great do job. That. But I mean, it's much more powerful to have kids share their work, whether it's with Scratch or Hopscotch or whatever the tool or community is, I think the power is in the evidence rather than hearing it from researchers, that okay. it might be okay. a good thing. Well, still a good plug from a <laughs> professor at Harvard here. So there's a nonprofit coding camp, speaking of camps, uh, that's gaining a little traction internationally. It's called Coder Dojo. Um, it's a grassroots network of free volunteer-led clubs. And I'm sure there are others like this, similar to the way your Scratch Ed community model uh, is, is for educators. I'm wondering if these kinds of grassroots member-led initiatives are the way to go in terms of ensuring that there are many different and diverse communities that will sign on. Is, is that how you grow this movement? I I think there are two aspects to growing it. One is you want to really have that wide walls piece that many people can feel invited into the space. And actually, I think Google, with their CS First program, has done a really good job. So if people are looking for fun, interesting activities, go check out Google CS First. I think they've done a nice job of like programming activities that are focused on fashion and sports and arts. And music. so it isn't just sort of the stereotypical visions of what computer programmers do. I think that that's really nice. Another part of it is that although my work, although Coder Dojo, for example, is both grassroots focused, that isn't the entire story, particularly if you're thinking about equity. I like starting grassroots, but you need to think about top down as well as bottom up. So it's an interplay. You released an introductory uh, computing curriculum last summer. It's called The Guide to Creative Computing, which was meant not only for teachers, but also for librarians, museum educators, and clubs. Talk a little bit more about the, what the guide intends to do and what feedback you have heard about this guide that you released. So as I was saying earlier, I think it's really important for this work to be done in schools. But the question is, okay, great, you think we should do it in schools, how do we get started? So this is a 150-page guide for getting computing started at your school. And it's trying to create a different type of offering than sort of traditional computer science uh, courses, really thinking about engaging a wide variety of practices and interests, so one way to get started. So let's, uh, let's uh, scrap all the questions in general, and let's go back to <laughs> younger Karen uh, as a child during the summer months. <laughs> what is it, I mean, what fueled your fire to become someone who is researching this as a career and someone who is a great champion of, of computational literacy? Was there something that you did during either in school or, or during the summer that, that led this passion to kind of grow and grow into the point that you are here, an assistant professor at Harvard, uh, who's a internationally known name for this field? What, tell us a little bit about little Karen. <laughs> well, at home, I was always very supported to engage in the type of creative play and was given access to tools. So I remember when my father brought 
a computer home for the first time. I thought it was like crazy and amazing. He had no idea what to do with it. My mother had no idea what to do with it. Like just see what you can do and figure out with it. So to have that type of freedom, but also to have access to tools and support of others was really sort of essential to my learning and growth. (laughs) It sounds like the Bill Gates story, folks. (laughs) Well, we want to thank you, Karen, for being on the EdCast. And we also want to thank Barry Walsh, who prepared many of these questions. And we'll be running this podcast along with many resources on the Usable Knowledge website. Thank you very much, Karen, for being on the EdCast. Oh, thank you. This has been the Harvard EdCast, a production of the Harvard Graduate School of Education. I'm your host, Matt Weber. Thank you kindly for listening.